to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 374. Our show today is part of our Fitness Friday series, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday programs. We will be hearing from returning guest Sabrina Joe. You know, we talk about this a lot on the Not All Better Show, and our audience knows well that as we get older, we tend to spend less time in physical activity than when we were younger. According to the Center for Disease Control, less than half of adults exercise enough to meet health guidelines, and even fewer older adults tend to do so. While getting older is a predictor of reduced physical activity, children today are also getting less physically active than they did in previous generations to the detriment of their health and physical development. So, if you're a grandparent or have friends with grandchildren, you might agree that kids today have less unstructured free play than we did during our own youth. When I was a child, I spent time after school and on weekends riding my bike everywhere. I had fitness and physical education classes that were more the norm then, and I played with friends in all manner of sports like skiing, which I've talked about before (laughs) a lot. From what I see, children today are spending more time in front of televisions, computers, and mobile devices. Many governments around the world, like here in the United States, have launched campaigns to increase the amount of time families spend in activity. Both goforlife.gov, who we've talked to an awful lot before too, and healthfinder.gov, great government websites, are wonderful resources where you can read about the issue and ways to address this growing health, fitness, and creating exercise habits. But getting back to grandparents, the American Council on Exercise has new research in a new article on how to get kids and grandparents working together, exercising, and having fun all at the same time. Sabrina Joe, the American Council on Exercise Director of Science and Research Content, is here today to talk about a few exercises you can do both on your own and with the younger generation. Since getting older means that we spend less time in physical activity and with kids moving around less as well, why not set a great example and have fun at the same time? Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show Fitness Friday series via internet phone, the American Council on Exercises, Sabrina Joe. Sabrina Joe, happy summer. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Paul. Happy summer to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a busy time. Despite the uh, notion of the lazy days of summer, I think the days go by very fast and things are moving quick. And we're going to talk about something that I think is moving in even quicker. And that's, that's grandkids. Neither you or I have grandchildren, I think, at this point. But the idea of passing along a strong orientation or a strong exercise ethic, I think, is important. And I think it's appealing to certainly to me as I kind of think about the prospect maybe of having grandkids one day. But the idea doesn't have to be complicated. And as a matter of fact, uh, the American Council on Exercise, ACE, has some great research about looking around you, looking outside, thinking about obstacles. Maybe tell us a little bit about this research. We'll have links to it, but it's always nice to get your take on it because of your perspective, your research-oriented perspective. Yeah, sure. This is a great topic. And what I love about 
the concept is that you've got the both ends of the lifespan continuum and both age groups coming together really can have a synergistic and fun effect on each other. So um, what you're referring to, we, we've got an article about some of the benefits of being physically active outdoors. Um, so like a grandparent with a grandchild going outdoors and creating an obstacle course, um, so to speak. So if if you are uh, caring for, you don't have to necessarily be a grandparent, but if you're caring for a young child and you're looking for activities to do, what a great idea to go outside and take some simple tools with you, like uh, some sidewalk chalk or some cones, and just set up an obstacle type course that you both can playfully go through so that you're stimulating not only your creativity and your physical um, functioning, but you're also having fun with another person. In this case, um, someone who's quite different in age from you. And typically when that happens, basically the result is just fun. So, <laughs> um, and one of the things I love about this topic as, as we were talking about it earlier is that, uh, young children really desire to play but they and they need play for several reasons they they need it for their social development um, for physical development and their brain development and if you think about older adults we also enjoy playing and need that physical aspect of play not necessarily for development, but for maintaining all of those important resources like physical function and, and social interaction. So I just really find this a fascinating topic because when older and younger people get together, it's it's always a, a, a great outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really thought the article was wonderful. And and you, you refer to this idea of creative stimulation, and we've talked a little bit about mental acuity and everything that can come from exercise. And I thought the research was really great because it, it focuses in on this idea of early stage development. There's a lot of benefits for my age group, but certainly for the kids, they're, they're getting quite a bit. And so what is a good age range generally to begin so that you're taking advantage of that idea of early stage development? Good question, because you would think that there might be the best age uh, at which to start something like this. Um, but really the answer is it depends on the child um, <laughs> um, because really it doesn't matter. I mean, as early as a child can, um, well, obviously if you're going to go outside uh, in, in a playground situation, you want them to be able to walk and probably jump and run. But even just crawling and, and, and moving is important for development. So a child who is able to kind of go outside and, and play with you on the playground is, is probably a really nice age to introduce some of this stuff. Um, the second thing I would point out is that you want to make sure that the child is good with following direction and listening <laughs> because if you're in a, uh, let's say you're in an obstacle course or, or outside in a playground, you want to make sure that they're going to be able to receive instruction to stay safe. But really, those are the only uh, aspects to watch out for. As long as the child is 
is having fun and moving and able to listen to you and take direction, really your imagination is your limit. <laughs> fun is the key. It really needs to be oriented around that. It needs to be centered and focused on that. I like the fact the article references some of these interesting fun names that you might use to describe some of the exercise specifics. And and the one that jumped out at me is I, I love the balancing crab. I mean, that just brings to mind all kinds of cool, cool things. So maybe, <laughs> maybe give us an idea of what that means specifically so that my mind doesn't run wild. <laughs> sure. Sure, exactly. So the article talks about using fun names. Um, typically, animal names are always well received by kids, but using fun types of names for activities that we maybe as older persons would just call exercise. But um, so I'll just give you an example of, of something that's in the article that I found kind of fun. Um, so imagine taking some sidewalk chalk and some cones outside and then you or your child could uh, create a, a long winding path with sidewalk chalk. So really that's kind of the warm up. You're, you're getting the child involved, you're actually drawing on the sidewalk and you're creating a path. Then you can set up the cones kind of at the end of this long path and the cones should probably be shorter, not, not the really tall cones you might see at the side of the road, but but really a, a something small that a child could step over very easily. Um, so at the end of that path, you could set up several cones and the object is to simply ask the child, to, uh, along with you, of course, you guys can stroll along the path, you can shuffle sideways, you can hop around, you know, make it as fun as you'd like. Once you get to the cones, then you can do this thing called a balancing crab where you, you could either be, well, imagine if you're on your feet and hands, kind of like a, a bear walk, but you just flip that over so that you're on your hands and your feet, but you're actually um, suspending your hips off the ground. We, we call that a crab walk. So you could assume the, the crab walk position and try to traverse over all the cones kind of in a... A, a figure eight or spiral pattern. Again, your imagination is really your limit. Um, and then once you get up from doing the crab, you could do some type of locomotive pattern like shuffling or skipping back through the, the sidewalk path that you created. And you, you could even add an element of time or if your child is particularly competitive and you've got more than one, you can set it up as a race. Um, but activities like these not only really create that attachment between the older and younger individuals, but it, it just introduces that element of fun and uh, social interaction that really both can benefit mm -hmm. from. Give us your advice on the actual layout of the obstacle course. How, how should we do that so that we're getting kind of the the best possible course without sending us into physical therapy for <laughs> <laughs> right well <laughs> repair work well you specifically asked about the the balancing crab now that mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. going to take some agility and flexibility so <laughs> um there are other ways that you you might introduce some type of animal movements but you could even just kind of walk like um you know like a gorilla, just with really big mm -hmm. wide steps and stomping on the ground like King Kong or something. But really, uh, in terms of 
making it safe and fun and interactive, just having a wide open space, um, giving yourself lots of room so that if while you're creating this meandering path, um, you you maybe you'll complete it uh, in about a minute or two. So one thing that we know about the way children play is that they like to do it in short bursts. Um, so uh, it, having an obstacle course that takes 20 minutes to get through, I think is going to lose a child's interest mm-hmm. um, and probably your own if you're trying to set that up. But um, having this short bursts of play, like one to two minutes in duration, um, and then doing it um, several times. So you can repeat the course, um, but is, I don't know if that's the kind of mm-hmm. advice you were looking for, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. important just <laughs> okay, just to remember that the 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 way children play best, if you were just to ask watch them spontaneously on on the playground or in a park, they do short bursts of activity and then they kind of stop and rest and then they they go on to the next thing. So I would keep that in mind if if you were setting up some type of activity. You know, certainly for me, I I really need to stretch before I start an exercise. And and as I was reading through the material and the and the article what came to mind too is kind of getting kids into the stretching mode maybe they don't need it nearly as much as i do maybe they're a lot more limber but maybe yoga terms like the the downward dog and the warrior and and the cat pose and and you know the cow all of those more animal oriented most or more animal oriented but but that's the kind of idea that we want to think about in bringing kids into this world of exercise and getting them to really kind of enjoy it and do it for a lifetime. Well said, Paul. I couldn't agree more. Um, and <laughs> and if you can do stretching or flexibility poses like yoga, like like you mentioned, with children, that's perfectly fine for them and you. Um, really, all the parameters of physical fitness that we focus on as adults when we're exercising are absolutely fine for children as well. So stretching is appropriate um, before and after activity. Um, Even resistance type training is fine for kids um, as long as they are going about it smartly and safely and they have adult supervision. So um, you mentioned something fun when we were kind of offline before, before we started recording and that was that you were wondering about the possibilities of having uh, a group exercise class where like maybe grandparents and grandchildren were together doing fun physical activity in a class setup. And I really think that's a wonderful idea and probably untapped and someone should really do that <laughs> because <laughs> that's encouraged. <laughs> that's encouraged. That's yeah. <laughs> because there really are no reasons why, you know, the two age groups can't be physically active and have fun together. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, kids, almost naturally burn their excess energy. You know, they're just, they're going, going, going all the time. And for more my age group, you know, we need to almost focus on kind of burning some energy during the day. And and in, in that way, in that kind of that class setting, both are benefiting. But how do we do it in a way that we're not, uh, you know, maybe maybe taking advantage of maybe high impact and low impact so that both groups are burning energy and, and gaining some of those those benefits but not getting in the injury category. Yeah, well, every individual is different in terms of what they can tolerate, like the stresses with exercise, for example. Um, so you, it's, it's, that's a hard question to answer 
specifically, but in general, again, just the the same rules apply for physical fitness for all ages. So a good proper warm up where you're giving your body time to slowly adjust to becoming more physically active, and that that could include just some light activity followed by a few stretches before you get into the more vigorous stuff. Um, and then as an individual, I, I would hope that you would know which joints of yours need special care or more, or more care than others. And then you would make sure that you would, you know, do activities around that appropriately. But an interesting concept, um, again, I keep coming back to that group fitness class with both, uh, age groups involved and there, you know, what's, what's great about, um, in my industry, in the fitness industry, being a certified exercise professional really allows you to work with different populations. So if you found an exercise professional who was certified, um, who had a specialization in working with both youth and with older adults, you could really get a great program out of someone who had some knowledge like that to bring the two groups together. And it's, it's mm-hmm. totally doable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other one that came to mind to me too would be swimming because that's a natural for both my age group and for younger people. And that's a place where, you know, you're, you're bound to have a, just a bunch of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Swimming is excellent for, for many reasons, um, for, especially for older individuals, they tend to enjoy it um, because it's more supportive of the joints. It's also great for cardiorespiratory, cardiovascular health. Um, and then, of course, children just love to be in the water and splash around. So um, I, I would highly recommend that as an activity to do together. Of course, you'd want to make sure that the child not only is able to take direction and listening, um, but for safety reasons, you know, comfortable in the water. So have some basic safety water instruction before taking taking that route, take, taking a child into the water for some physical activity. Sabrina Joe, thanks so much for joining us. This is such an interesting subject, a fun one. And I think one that, you know, we might not have given enough thought to. I'm so grateful that ACE, the American Council on Exercise, has done this particular article. Again, we're going to put links to it, but Sabrina Cho, Director of Science and Research Content for the American Council on Exercise, thanks for sharing all this with us today. It was so great to be here. Thanks, Paul. My thanks as always to Sabrina Cho, ACE, Director of Science and Research Content, for joining us today. Of course, my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please keep your emails coming to me with show ideas, suggestions, and comments at info at notold-better.com. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.